I just I need to get really close to my um, my mic tonight because it's really echoey in here. I feel quite um, the chairs are quite creaky as well. You sound like a night. Well, you are on a you're on a uh, swivel chair there. You're on a uh, a high backed task chair. Is that what they're called? Yes, I think they're called creaky ass chairs. No, that's a high back. Uh, high back uh, task chair with lumbar support I see uh, and hydraulic lift and tilt I can't I can't do any more of this northern stuff I'm I'm being outed as a, like a person who bashes people from the north I'd like to point out and someone was 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 tweeting their credentials at me as why they would be a sympathizer of of northern people it's because of because of northern parentage i'd like to say to everyone now uh, that my my father my my grandfather in fact everyone on the paternal side of my family um were born in berwick-upon-tweed is that north that that you can't get any further north in england without being scottish Pretty soon you won't be able to get mm. any further north in Britain. Yeah, it's true. It will be the most northerly tip of Britain. <coughs> I think we've spoken about Berwick before, because they didn't formally um, end hostilities with Germany until the 60s. Is that, uh, is that, the, the, is that the equivalent of you saying you've got some friends who are black? That's it. Well, that wouldn't actually be true. I mean, I've got a, a mutual acquaintance. <laughs> well, I've got an acquaintance. I know one of your friends... <laughs> I, I think I'd be doing her a disservice to say we're friends because I don't see. Her. I mean, we always have very pleasant conversations. I think I make her awkward because I'm quite awkward company. But you're a very tall man. That's true. But she's quite awkward anyway. I know who you're talking yeah. about. She's Scar- quite awkward. I do sound echoey. You do sound echoey. See, as always, Scarlett being the better of me, she's got a very ethnically diverse group of friends. Well, she goes to a, a modern school, doesn't she? She does. She wasn't brought up in Winchester. No, not like me, Lardy. So, so, um, so she's you're basically in the mm-hmm. middle of uh, an inner city, yeah, area. Mm-hmm. So she's going to meet more people. There's no like, choice. You'd have to really struggle hard know, to send her to an all-white school. I, I know there are more than sixteen. Yeah, and we we tried. <laughs> there, there's definitely more than sixteen languages uh, spoken. More than you know, 16 languages? More than 16 languages. To be fair, Noah's 14 months and he's already talking more than 16 languages. Well, None are. of them are English. No. They're tricky like that, aren't they? Tricksy little monkeys. I think we're seeing your family next weekend, though, aren't we? I, I think you gonna... are. I think the, the wives I'm gonna make a are cake. something like that. I'm going to make a cake, Nick. I've been making a lot of cakes recently. This weekend, I had a big cooking weekend. I was in the kitchen a lot. But I started off with what I've called my, and eventually I'll write down the recipe for this because I've modified it and made it my own. Um, it's called my triple threat chocolate sponge cake. That sounds dangerous. It's chocolate sponge, so a, a sandwich, chocolate sponge. In the middle is chocolate buttercream icing, and it's uh, covered in uh, chocolate ganache. I like the sound of that, mm. and I like the sound of ganache because it sounds a little bit like Ganesh, yes. who is, by dint of being one of the only yeah. uh, 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 Indian elephant, it's an elephant, gods. isn't it? Uh, th- one of my favourites because it's yeah. the only one of the only ones I know, and also well, that's uh, gash. gash sounds a bit like, gash. like gash. Do you remember? Um, it must have been about twenty years or so. Remember there being a bit of a media furore because apparently this uh, Ganesh was crying milk, wasn't it? Do you not remember it was in the media? That rings that's, a bell. That's why we all know it. 
Because of the crying milk thing? Yeah, because someone was, was basically putting milk on it and going, oh, look, it's crying milk. And uh, people were bored. And instead of going, no, no, you're putting milk on it. They go, oh, yeah, so it is. It's crying milk. Oh, that's interesting. Because, you know, like before... I don't know, what was it? Probably 2001, wasn't it, when we stopped believing in ghosts, fairies and goblins? When the whole thing with the monolith yeah. happened. Yeah, it all became real, didn't it? all became real in 2001. Um, but before that, we would, like, you know, like crop circles could thrive in a pre-2001 um, world. Um, spontaneous combustion. Yeah. Despite being... Just, Human combustion. Yeah. Despite mm-hmm. being... I, I spent much of the 80s in terror of spontaneous combustion. If I had a hot flush in the 1980s, I was convinced I was going to burst in the flames, which which may or may not be completely the fault of Arthur C. Clarke. I feel like we've either talked about it before, or we mm. promised at some point we were going to spend a whole episode talking about that and spooky stuff. We're, well, we're going to put it. We're, shall we? We we probably should keep it in the in the bag until Halloween. Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't two thousand and one for me. It was uh, watching Threads, which I've definitely talked about. Yeah. Was really the point at which. I stopped being. I spent a lot of my early life mm. terrified of spontaneous human combustion, and yeah. then we watched Threads. My dad showed me and my cousin George Threads, mm. and and that suddenly nice of him. from there on, I was terrified about nuclear war. Oh, I was terrified of both. Were you not terrified of both? Um, actually, I think I was. I think it's ghosts and vampires. I stopped being scared of at that right. point. You thought well, nu- nuclear. Talk, talking of which, did you watch this week's Doctor Who? <gasps> it was awesome. Do you, know, do you know what? I can't remember enjoying an episode of TV. And I'm not a massive Doctor Who fan, but my goodness, that was a good episode of television, wasn't it? I have watched a lot of good TV recently. We just finished The Leftovers, which is great. Mm. Um, but that that was definitely my favourite Doctor Who for a really long time. And I quite like Matt Smith. I'm and just, I quite just, like Steve Moffat. But just, just to place us where we are, we've just watched this weekend um, Silence. Yeah, or was it, was it listen? listen? It was called listen, listen. Sorry, listen. Which did allow for a few little bits of confusion because he kept talking about silence and baddies that are just outside of your sight, and I was thinking that's that's got quite a potent punch to it. Mm. But at the same time, in my back in the back of my mind, I was thinking that there've been other doc- new who baddies who are, I think the silence were almost exactly the same. When you don't yeah. look at them, mm. you forget all about uh, them, yeah, which yeah. is really similar. Um, and also, there's a bit, and this isn't really a spoiler because it happens really on it, really early on. It opens with the Doctor doing a really cool monologue, and it's really mm. got gravitas because it's uh, it's the first episode that I think has really given Peter Capaldi a, a chance to show how different well, he. Well, can it gave be. him something to chew on, didn't it? Yeah, but it starts out with him him doing this talk about how nature has shown us the perfect predator and it shows like a, a big cat going after a deer or something and mm. he's watching it and it said uh, the ultimate defence and it shows him looking at a puffer fish or a blowfish. I'm not sure. Is that the ultimate defence though? Well and, well, and that's the thing. What about, um, uh, what was the, was it, was it, um, was it, was it 0203? The, the Arsenal defence, um, when they went unbeaten for a whole season. I don't, really? Is that the fair, ultimate defence? That was more impressive than the Pufferfish. I, I mean, they were excellent. I think that's your other show. Oh, sorry. Uh, but, but then he says, but what about uh, creatures who are perfect at hiding? Nature hasn't even looked at that. It mm. hasn't even started trying to solve that problem. What if there was a... And I was like, well... I think I think Doctor Who might have heard of chameleons and stick insects and stuff like that. Definitely not my daughter. My daughter would not qualify for that. She is shit at hiding. She loves playing hide and seek. But, uh, yeah, she should give herself away very, very quickly by uh, giggling and saying, Daddy, 
that E if I take ages to find her. Which uh, means that as a means of getting a bit of a rest, it doesn't really work for you. Not one bit. But it was a great episode. Brilliant. And and the way, I mean, it does a lot of things that I would describe as things I don't like about new Doctor Who. Mm. But it does them, but it's so good. Mm. It's executed so well that I don't care. It was, it was a good taught psychological thriller, I thought. Oh, I was really, really pleased, though. We um, Because we had company over Saturday night, I uh, didn't watch it until Scarlet had gone to bed. Um, and I'm really pleased about that because uh, it was creepy, wasn't it? It was. And I know a few people who saw the teaser at the end of last week and mm. said, I'm not watching that one. Yeah. It's one of very few New Who episodes that could probably be watched standalone. The one, the first one with the Weeping Angels was one of those. Yeah. Blink, I think. Yeah. And that one, although it veers into continuity territory at the end, nearly yeah. everything you need to know is in that episode, I think. Hey, if we, really if we're saying that uh, we'd endorse Blink, Silence and Listen, it really sounds like a 1980s children's informational show, yeah. doesn't it? About, I mean, what would that Blink, Blink, Silence, Listen, I, would it be about I don't know. not getting attacked by a librarian well, no, or something? I mean, it would almost certainly be um, an instructional video on how to inadvertent comes survive a nuclear holocaust blink because obviously it's very bright you don't want to be blinded yeah uh be be quiet don't give your position away in case there are, are russians yeah. and listen listen to the radio um where we give you uh, instructions apparently on how to survive even though you're already dead except that i saw uh when the wind blows mm. and they oh, very God. much relied on the information that was g- the given to them in handouts and it it spoiler warning it didn't work end, out well. well doesn't end well when the wind blows is not a happy watch is it no no the final episode of leftovers mm. again i'm not going to spoiler it but the final episode of leftovers makes great use of the song nothing else matters by metallica oh i like that song i think and i'm not a huge metallica fan but well, i think I, that I, was that was an album that i knew really well that one I, we all listened to the black album didn't we mm. i preferred the pre-black album metallica personally of course you did you fucking hipster yeah i liked metallica before uh, all of the grungy hipsters of the <laughs> 90s got their fingers on them masters of puppets being my particular favorite of their albums Wh- uh, which one was enter sandman on the black album exit night so basically when they discovered mtv they just sort of discovered a more commercial sound the uh the videos to those songs were all awesome though they were very good yeah but then they had a big video hit with one from the injustice for all album that's you two you're thinking of no it was um it was the do you not remember it was um from the film johnny got his gun and it's it's basically the kid that comes back paraplegic um and deaf and blind so no limbs that's tommy that's you're talking about the who no, no, Rockumentary. no, no, because no, he's deaf, dumb, and blind, but he can still play a mean pinball. Whereas, oh, yeah, no, whereas right. the kid in one um, really couldn't play a mean pinball. Um, he, no, oh, it's horrible. Sounds like a shameless ripoff. Me and my friends, again, this is going to explain much about my personality. Me and my friends used to spend an inordinate amount of time as teenagers watching the uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall and the video of Metallica's One. See, I was discussing with someone after the after the the. I don't know if it was the most recent or the second most recent episode of the excellent Rachel and Mars Explain the X-Men. That's a very good podcast, but yeah. it's not really a cross-promotional opportunity, so we shouldn't really go on about it too much. Um, that the the song one, they covered the X-Men, the wedding issue mm. of the X-Men, and I've long uh, thought that's that's kind of that, that comic is the ur-text for me. 
Mm. I, lo- I love that term. I don't know what it means. It means like the definitive, the ultimate, the uh, first the, from well, it's like the platonic ideal of the text of something. It's difficult to explain because uh, I don't really understand. I just it's difficult like, for me because I've been getting I've been getting dictionary.com's word of the day for a few days, but that hasn't come up yet. Anyway, so it's it's kind of that. Uh, that issue is ground zero for my ongoing fascination with what I feel are inappropriately dedicated songs. Mm. Uh, you know, when when people uh, call in to the dedication shows in on uh, yeah. daytime radio, drive time radio, and they say, "Oh, just uh, this is for my my husband. Uh, I, I want uh, the uh, the song Don't Stand So Close to Me by Sting because it's like he used to play it to me when I was one of his students." Nice. Uh, well, that's that's was, the perfect. Story. Well, no, that's actually yeah. the, that's actually exactly the right time to use it. But like mm. as a romantic song, and it's like yeah. it's not a romantic song. But the the first time when I really became fascinated with this, especially in relation mm. to wedding, just thinking about you here, is um, is that that Jean Grey and uh, uh, Scott Summers use the song "One" as mm. their first dance, and it's there are romantic lyrics in it. Mm. But when you listen to the whole thing, like a lot of pop songs, yeah, stop uh, saying lo- B words, Nick. lovey. When like a lot of lovey songs, mm. uh, the chorus is very mm. catchy and has a nice sentiment that you mm. can really get your teeth into as yeah. a romantic. But when you listen to the verses that contextualise everything, mm. it's actually quite bleak. Yeah. And so the argument, one argument for them using that song is. these two characters have come on a long journey and it isn't Mm. always great and considering where they end up later on it it isn't an easy Mm. relationship and so that song perfectly Mm. um captures that really Mm. and i was like yeah i agree how thematically it works but normally people pick something aspirational for their first time i don't think people pick was your your phrase there people pick pop pickers human select human select i'm not popping am i yeah it looks it looks fine. Well, I'm just telling you what I'm hearing in my ears. <laughs> what do you think, uh, listener? I don't know. That's the other... The no, it works for this one. Okay. They're, they're still a listener. I don't know what's going on anymore. Yeah, normally people pick something aspirational. You still won't with people it's, pick? It's. I can't. It looks fine. Okay. And... Do you think people pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up? <laughs> it sounds fine. Fine. <laughs> completely lost my Pe- thread. People pick... Usually, usually people choose a song that is more aspirational rather yeah. than one that perfectly reflects mm-hmm. their relationship. What was uh, yours? Uh, uh, Only You by, is it Yazoo? Yes. And I'm sure there's something wrong with those lyrics, but we just really like it. And I guess that's why most people choose, so I shouldn't yeah. be too hard on, on people. But, yeah, the um, middle verse, I'm looking forward to murdering you. And our 10-year wedding anniversary is a bit weird. Well, and the thing is, in the comments, I made this long-winded mm. comment because I apparently can't leave a short comment on, on the Rachel and Miles site. And someone was talking to me about how, um, actually, the story behind... I've always thought of it as a, a story about a horrible uh, relationship of obligation, mm. like a, a, f- a family relationship or something like that, where yeah. you have to... Mm-hmm. You have to put up with some because you love them. But mm. you, when you say the when you say you love them, it's more of a an accusation. Mm. It feels like when Bono mm. says it, like yeah, I'm stuck with you, sort of thing. Mm. And someone explained to me, and no, when they wrote that, they you two were going through some very difficult times as a band internally, mm. and they were trying to. Um, that song was a, a way of 
of dealing with that internally and that all makes sense and it kind of explains mm. it to me but now you're telling me that it was a cover version of a metallica song yeah about a paraplegic so i don't know what to think no how is it when you say it's a, a it's a song about paraplegic mm. is it like he ain't heavy he's my brother which, certainly, which is like a light-hearted way of dealing with the same... Certainly he's a lot lighter than he was when he went off to war. Oh, my goodness. Mm. This is it's it's, it's ba- basically about a, a guy, you know, he can't see, he can't speak, no arms or legs. Just, but he just, sure plays mean shuffleboard. No, he's just praying for death. Oh. Mm. What can he do? Nothing. He can't he see. Can't see, can't speak, can't hear. And he's got no arms or legs. No arms or legs. Yeah. But how does he smell? Awful. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wash himself. It's horrible. It's really tragic. And he's got got festering wounds, mate. It's not good. None of this is really funny. Not at all. Well, I'm in a bad mood, Nick. Are you in a bad mood? I'm in a bad mood. I I don't know. I've been uh, enraged today by um, people's attempts at kindness that have just backfired into them getting cross with me. Drivers. Talking, we talked about I'm that thinking, a little bit before. I'm thinking sorry. specifically about drivers, and this is a phenomenon I've observed as a pedestrian. Can't drive. Uh, I'm, I'm a pedestrian. I'm a confirmed pedestrian. I think it's the 70s euphemism went. A couple of times today, I've been waiting across the road, and I'm quite laid back about crossing the road. What I tend to do, my technique is, I wait until there's no cars coming, and there's no cars waiting to come. And uh, then when, when it's clear, I'll cross. That's what I'll do. So a couple of times a day, for some reason, drivers have felt the need to to wave me across. Now, one thing before, before I get started on that as well, there's ways of waving people over. Don't act like you're doing someone the biggest fucking favour in the world. Or if they're like, not, like, foot out on the yeah. road. Yeah, or act like you're in charge of the fucking path or the road or something. You know, the fact that you're in a car doesn't put you in charge of fucking anything apart from that car. You're angry so, about this, then I thought so you were going to be. This is good. Don't act, don't act like it's some sort of favour from the get-go, to be honest with you. But what really winds me up, right, is it I, both times I've failed to sing, because I'll be, second time I was talking to someone, and I was having a perfectly nice conversation, I didn't give a shit that this car was coming, it's, I was waiting where I, where I was, I was, anyway. And, and the first time I was just, I was in a world of my own, because it's first thing on the Monday morning, I'm walking away. Both times, because I failed to observe them, by the time I look around, they're getting angry with me. If, like, fuck off and drive away then if you're going to get cross me. Don't bother. If you're good at crossing the road... I'm brilliant at it. So yeah. far, I haven't been run over once. But if you're good at it, you're kind of looking up mm. and observing. And if cars seem mm. to be coming, even if they're a bit of a distance off, mm. you don't cross. You just no. stand there. So it's yeah. perfectly reasonable for you to mm. be checking your phone or whatever. Yeah. Because you know that for 30 seconds you're not going to be able to cross the road. I'm incredibly situationally aware when I'm crossing the road. Because you don't want to get run over. I'm really against the idea. And social awkwardness when the other person is behind over a tonne of Mm. metal. Yeah. It's not really something you want to get into. No, I'm perfectly relaxed to let... And I also understand that the road bit, a car has the right of way. So take it. Take the right of way. Stop with this... I don't know if you're like they're trying to make themselves feel better, then they're making themselves feel superior by getting angry with me. It's a real ego thing. I find but people are irrational at the best of times when they're in their cars, which is a very interesting piece of human psychology as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, anyway. no one's ever noted that, so no, and that's not an original observation, so let's not dwell on that point. Let's dwell on the original observation that people who let you cross the road are all bastards. 
and peanuts on air, airplanes are really hard to open. I think I think the people who try and do you a favour without you asking, mm. an unsolicited favour, yeah. is a deeper well to explore. Yeah. And I don't think it is. I mean, it, okay, it makes us sound like more cantankerous bastards mm. than pretty much anything yeah. else we've ever discussed, probably, mm. difficult as that is to believe. Yeah. But... It is, it is to, if you're not ready, actually crossing the road is one of the best examples of this. Mm. If you're not ready to cross for whatever reason, mm. um, or you haven't paid attention, that is, it's kind of forcing you into a, a situation where you're yeah. obligated to some mm. complete stranger, and it wasn't mm. like you're, it wasn't, a, a, it wasn't a transaction you wanted to enter and into. And more often, not, sorry to labour the point, because you're going on to a wider point, more often than not, as the pedestrian, you're more situationally aware than the driver. Because you're more, scared. More than one occasion I've been told I can go out and there's a frigging car overtaking mm. the other one and about to run me over. I, I do have a wider point, but I can't think of a single example. So it's okay if we stick to this I can. one. Well, I can. It, it, it probably goes back to my depression, actually. Because let's, let's, go, let's go back to that well. No, I like that well. Good. I think okay. people like that. I feel, I feel more capable. Asking for help is difficult. Okay, um, very, it is hard, but I find it easier now. One of the things that used to get me really wound up prior to, to going to see the doctor, being dragged to the doctor by my loving wife to get better, but one, one of the things I used to feel most strongly was this sense of irritation that people could could obviously see what was wrong with me. Everyone could would obviously tell how I'm feeling. And and why weren't they all changing their behaviour mm-hmm. to better suit mine? And I'd got myself into a headspace where I, I couldn't ask people to help. I couldn't tell people what I needed. I was just getting angrier and angrier and angrier that that it wasn't just coming to me. That's difficult. Mm. Difficult. Uh, difficult mental acrobatics going mm. on there because. On the one hand, that's very entitled. Yeah, absolutely. But on the other hand, when I've had similar problems, mm. it turned out they were all asthma. Apparently, I don't have anything wrong mm. with my brain. It's all asthma. Mm. And actually, in my uh, working environment recently, we've all started spotting that there are like car fumes and stuff coming in. Uh, so maybe I'm not even stressed. I, f- I feel very stressed. <laughs> you maybe it isn't stress. You look stressed. Um, but the I. What you're asking for at a really basic level Mm. is empathy Mm. from other people. And I don't think, and generally, I don't expect empathy from other people. Mm. I figure, well, it's something that's difficult. And so I don't want sympathy, absolutely don't. Mm. But at a basic level, I want people to consider a little bit Mm. what I might be going through. But most of the time, I don't expect it because I know what people are like. Mm. Except when for one reason or another i've had to go through a sustained period not had to i've ended up going through a sustained period of empathy of of making excuses to myself on someone else's behalf for something they've done i'm still quite adept at that myself but yeah i uh, but for sure but when there's a colleague who's going through some stuff mm. and you're like well that's okay I, I mean i understand i'll i'll take a little bit of the slack they obviously aren't as good in this particular area or whatever so you take a little bit of the slack or if it's in a relationship and then when they're through that and they don't need you to do that, mm-hmm. they don't acknowledge it, which is fine because you don't do mm. it because you want acknowledgement. But then they turn around and have zero empathy when you're going through something similar. Mm. That's when it, it kind of bothers me. 
I, well, do you know, I think you might have hit the nail on the head. Even, even off... This is very difficult because this really does make me seem like a curmudgeon. It's very hard to be completely altruistic mm-hmm. without having a little bit of residual requirement to have some sort of ego stroke. So I, I think it's why... Um, you know, you can you can see that at play actually when you watch things like Comet Relief. Mm-hmm. That it's basically you're sitting watching this program where a presenter is telling you over and over again what a good person you are, reinforcing to you again and again, you're a good person, you're a good person, because you've given that ten pounds. And I think I've actually ranted about this in the past. I believe it. you've given this ten pounds. But you're spending the rest of the night sitting there having your back slapped and your ego scratched. It's like, well, no, if you give a shit, really give a shit deep down, then you're giving that money anyway, aren't you? Or you're doing something about it. Yeah. You know, and we're all like that. I fall into that trap as well. I'm not I'm not sitting here claiming that I'm a paragon of virtue and no one else does it. But it's a thing that really upsets me that we live in a society where we like to kid ourselves on that there's such a thing as altruism. When well, you, it, I mean, you live in a society... <clears throat> where you believe that I believe one of my catchphrases for this mm. show is there is no such thing as true altruism yeah, well, that's probably yeah. only the second time I've used it really okay, well I'm agreeing with that now yeah I, I mean it, it only probably took you about 50 episodes but when I say we I'm talking about society as a whole oh yeah yeah because it's much easier to talk uh, um, about society as a faceless uh, amorphous mass rather than actually uh, taking into account the nuances of individual opinion um, absolutely and motivation Taking society as a whole, yeah, which it is. Society is yeah. a whole, yeah, and we're all stuck in it, yeah, just scrambling to get out. Let me out, Ooh. but yeah, I, I don't. The only times, and I don't feel, uh, I, I'm not proud of myself for this, but yeah, I try and have empathy mm. in as many situations as possible. It, it only, it does only really bother me when someone's like mean to me or doesn't consider my situation mm. when I've done it for them in the past. But then that's, yeah, that's not why you do it. The thing about driving, the thing about drivers that's interesting is I only did my, and I have the same thing when I'm driving mm. and other people like stop to let me into a parking space. That In fact, the one crash I did where I crashed backwards into a, into a, a trolley park mm. in a, in a car park, um, well, that's the other thing, isn't it? Pressure is putting pressure. You're trying yeah, to be I, nice, but all you're doing is increasing someone's pressure to perform. Exactly. And when it's, uh, I'm not a very good driver, and I know mm. you, you can you can have those little green, uh, green p plates, p plates, if you want. Yeah, yeah. But I, that doesn't really satisfy exactly how I feel. It's only in situations like that where I feel like, well, don't. Don't put me in a position because I'm not good enough driver to get into that space. Just coming here, Nick, I saw an example of those P-plates not working as someone was being slightly dithery. P-plates. P-plates being slightly, <laughs> being slightly dithery about which lane they were going to be in around a, um, around a, a roundabout. Very clearly had P-plates on. looked like they were a recent... But just this person just going mental, mashing their horn behind them. It's like... Yeah, I think... It must be nice for that person who was behind the person with the B-plates to have been born completely perfect and without fault. And I felt very grateful well, um, that I'd got to be so close to them. There are certain there are certain things in that I still remember very clearly from my driving mm. lessons because it wasn't that long ago. And one of the things that my driving instructor said was there was a time when I stopped to mm. let some pedestrians out. Yeah. The traffic was moving quite slowly mm. anyway. And I stopped to let some mm. pedestrians out and I signalled them across. Mm. 
And she said, well, it was okay then, but mm. never do that. Yeah. Never signal pedestrians mm. across because at that point, never stop for them mm. like that. Never signal them across because you are tacitly taking responsibility for it being yeah. safe for them to cross. Mm -hmm. And you can't be sure that there aren't other cars mm. coming. That, do you know what I mean? It, it, it actually, it's actually quite bad practice for drivers to do that with pedestrians. Where, where do you stand legally on taking tacit control of a situation? I'm assuming that you wouldn't have liability in a court of law. I don't know. Well, I, I don't know. Probably not. Good. But well, carry on doing it. But, it's fine. But at the same time, mm. you are taking. You are kind of. You are. You are suggesting mm. to the person, to the pedestrian, mm. that it is safe for them to mm. go. Now they shouldn't trust you no, I because you're like, just some complete stranger i don't i don't trust drivers nick but then but then they are in the position that you're talking mm. about yeah. where where they're pushing they're pushing you to go mm. across and you don't you don't know them from adam mm. or eve i might refute or steve adam or steve adam or steve that's not in the bible nick i know that because um i saw on the news very angry american person suggesting that might be the case see um pope francis um did a load of weddings at the weekend didn't he it was 17 people that had previously been cohabiting scandalous scandals one of them had a child from previous marriage and the nice progressive pope agreed to marry them isn't that nice he um he's a great guy nick i'm not sure how i feel about the head of uh one of our oldest and most venerable uh religions mm. Uh, dabbling his foot in polyamory or polygamy like that I, I'm not sure he should be married to anyone let alone to all of these families mm. these little especially like if there's a kid there I'm not sure how I feel about him marrying into a family really, where he's married to all three of those people really, if one of them's a child that's weird well to be fair that's par for the course with the Catholic Church anyway but he not all Catholic hashtag priests. hashtag not all Catholic priests <laughs> An awful lot of them, but not all of them, just lots. Yeah. It's good. It's good they've completely got to the bottom of that problem, though. So well done. Well done, Francis. Oh, that is brilliant, isn't it, as well? Because he was in status quo for all those years. Was he? Yeah, I think so. I. So he's not the one who was in the Pixies? No, that was the last one. That's Black Francis. Black, yeah, black Francis. Who yeah. isn't black. It's very confusing. I think he's metaphorically black, isn't he? Uh, what, Black Francis from the Pixies? Yeah. What about he Barry? Was, well, of course, he was he was very famously um, uh, religious uh, as a youngster, wasn't he? What about Barry White? Well, no, he was black, yeah. See, that's just confusing. He was, he was taking a piss, wasn't he? Yeah. I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm counting likes, on... Scarlett likes both those artists, strangely enough. I'm kind of counting on the Bloodhound gang not being well-known enough anymore for me to just make shameless <laughs> jokes using their lyrics. <laughs> Good that's, that's entirely one of those uh, I, I feel that now's a good time as well for me to confess that about a month ago mm. i i may have in slightly conscious tribute mm. to uh, the podcast regular features mm. which i was listening to a lot at the time specifically i think john blythe on regular features yeah. I, I may have accidentally on purpose said the word urethra on uh, every single podcast i was on brilliant. for about two weeks well done I didn't pick that up, and I'm on most of them. And it's not its not a word that just casually falls into conversation. Well, in this one. <laughs> well, this one, maybe. Oh, you did the Aretha Franklin joke on the other podcast. I remember that. I probably did it on all of the podcasts. Oh, right. Uh, there's a very good, I think, one of the best episodes of Unanswered came out recently. It's mostly about... Uh, it's mostly about... 
it's mostly about the cinema experience, mm. but there is an extended uh, a extended segment about popcorn etiquette, mm-hmm. especially when you're a sex offender. Okay. Well, no, not when you're a sex offender specifically. I'm misleading people. No, you should oh, definitely listen to it. You riffing on the whole thing of a, a chat putting a, a whether or not this ever happened, but the the, the, the trick would be, wouldn't it? The, the chap puts his penis, a rep penis. He puts his chap. Through, through the bottom of the popcorn. Um, and as his partner is groping around for more popcorn, she touches the top of his penis, thereby rubbing the salt from the, the salt and the oil from the popcorn into his penis, rendering it very painful for a number of days afterwards, I would imagine. We... We we got a bit sidetracked by the logistics of that exact thing. Yes. Well, I can see how it would happen. You remember the old um, the old popcorn boxes that become um, that come flat. They so they've got they come how flat, and um, they've got like a four segment four folds at the bottom that then flatten out um, to create the bottom of the. Well, you could actually quite easily poke a penis through that and still retain a seal around the around your penis because obviously that would push up from the center where the where the weakest part of that that particular um that particular construction is but as as the the member slides through that it would seal around the side the shaft basically um especially like you know right down to your if you got it right down to your balls my uh seal that up quite nicely quite airtight uh you're in trouble with a solid based popcorn uh thing you'd actually have to I think it'd be harder because you'd have to you'd have to take a little template of your erect penis, the circumference of your erect penis, and cut it very carefully into the bottom of the. Otherwise, you're just going to lose popcorn, aren't you? You would. No one wants to lose popcorn. No. I um, mean, I'm, I want to get my penis touched, but I don't want to lose popcorn. The natural the natural place for me to go at this point mm. is is to ask questions that I've already asked. On the yeah, podcast. let's not do that. But um, let's respect the boundaries of our various podcasts. We should talk about our various podcasts. Oh, do we have to? Well, no, you, we should. You, I think you've already mentioned you recorded another full kit. No, we we're about to record you're another, about full, to record another full, full kit banter, kit banter. This, this Saturday coming, which would be the 19th of September. Feeling good about it? Yeah, really good. Yeah, we've um, we've fleshed out a running order today, so we'll be filling in some gaps there and making sure we got our research done by the weekend. By uh, fleshed out filling in you're thinking about the popcorn again aren't you no we, we literally have a running order put together. you're writing notes and stuff yeah we have a written running order so you're not just going on wikipedia well i might for some of it but anyway i'm, I'm sounds like sounds so organized i got we are quite organized with it i like to be though you do with that one all right okay it helps though because we're talking about the nation's favorite sport so we really can't let ourselves down you can't the way fuck that. about it's you not can't trivial fuck about. like yeah. parents yeah it's not yeah exactly it's not trivial like bringing up a child it's football mate it's important you wouldn't understand you've recorded another podcast uh jane and james have just watched which was really good fun that's with jane who used to record the momcast with us uh, and we watched a movie and then we talked about it my question to you is yeah when undertaking these new things mm. It, it's still you. I still love you best. No, you're you're. Oh no, I don't worry about that too much. You should. Um, you have your cock out like throughout mm. every recording of this, yeah, so I'm pretty true. sure how you feel. Um, the uh, is there? Do you? Because are you still taken over with the joy of creativity, or is there any fear that because we've gone from a podcast that we were doing for 250 mm. yeah. uh, uh, episodes. Mm. And I had to drink when we started doing those. Mm. 
but we got into that pretty quickly. Yeah. Certainly you and I got into a tempo within a few weeks, probably. For sure. Considering we didn't really know each other. And when we started this, mm. um, it, it was something I so urgently wanted to do because yeah. I felt those – it was a couple of months, I think, mm. a, f- a few weeks after Noah was born, and I was already feeling, now I want to be yeah. doing something mm-hmm. about this because I already feel like my, with my memory I'm losing mm. stuff. We uh, we're going to be launching um, what I've been referring to as Mom Next, mm. although I think that has come to describe all of the yeah, projects yeah, yeah. after Mom. Yeah. But certainly, um, the the plan for me and I think for you was always that we would return with something very similar to Momcast. Nice, we just yeah. needed to iron some stuff out, and so that's going to start on Thursday. Yeah, and admittedly, it, with with the other shows we've done really by Thursday you're going to have to learn to only talk when you're looking at the, at the microphone. microphone I know maybe I don't have to learn that maybe it doesn't matter at this point because <laughs> people know what they're in for it's good um, it, with this show uh, I'm not sure if it's just the anxiety of starting a whole mm. new podcast because it's going to be with people that you know it's going to be with all mm. of us the Moncast yeah. people so it's going to be fine but with this show mm. and with the Momcast, mm. we did we sometimes asked people to do stuff for us, yeah. uh, like art or or other sorts of contributions. Or hold our popcorn for us. Or hold our popcorn, yeah. And um, and at the same time, we had stuff done for us, which was very kind. You know, people people made us. Uh, yeah. Steve made us music. Yeah. He made us uh, graphics. Uh, w- without us, really, you, you know that that was yeah. just a gift. We mm. didn't even ask for that. Um, I'm asking a lot of people for stuff yeah. for this one. And so far, everybody's been really cool about it and really mm. kind. And I really should have, because of the people I'm talking to, I really should have assumed that was going to be the case. I did assume that was going to yeah. be the case. I was only asking, I've only asked good people mm. and nice people to do yeah. stuff who have already shown an interest in stuff we do. But for some reason, because this is all front-loaded before a recording that's going to happen mm-hmm. on Thursday... Even though I should know that I'm that we are capable of pulling this off, but I'm capable of getting a site mm-hmm. up and running and all of this yeah. stuff, I'm I'm kind of quite terrified. Really? No, I'd be fine. I'm. It's it's just it just feels like I'm asking a lot of people for a lot of stuff. We yeah, you are, and um, you know, the worst worst that could happen, they end up hating you and feel cheated. I mean, that's that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's. No, that's true. That's the, that's effectively my uh, vibrant inner landscape is th- kind of like that already. I think so. when I when I listen to your when I listen to your problem, Nick, I I think what immediately I uh, the place I go to is I ask myself this question: How does it affect me? And, <laughs> and I have to say, really, if people hate you, it doesn't affect me that much. No, that's true. But I mean, true. I feel I feel slightly bad for you because I'm very fond of you. But you know, apart from that, yeah, I'm all right. James is like, oh, I, I got out of running the whole Momcast thing, so I didn't yeah. have to think about this shit anymore. The the cleverest trick that James ever uh, pulled off was making Nick feel uh, he didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Or something, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, apparently I'm as good as the devil now. Do you, do you watch Adventure Time? Uh, on and off. I've been thinking a lot about the Ice King. Oh, he's terrifying. Yeah, I I have Don't, a sneak- he did it again. Sorry, I have a sneaking feeling that most people when they watch Adventure Time, mm. their totem in the show is Jake. Jake the dog. 
He's the most fun. Mm. He's kind of um, it's not it's not clear. You know, in most shows with an ensemble, you, you can ensemble. Make, ensemble ensemble. You can look at the main cast and you can sort of see there's a, a one a fairly decent template for writing and that sort of thing is id super ego and ego. You mm. have characters that represent the different parts of a personality. And you're what's always, the lumpy space princess thing? Because that's who I that's my totem. I think she's ego. Oh, okay, there you go. But she might be super... There's a lot of characters mm. in Adventure Time who are really good. But I think I think most people associate with one of the good characters. Mm. And I've been thinking recently, and I did tweet about it in the week, because mm. I, watch, I watch it a lot with Noah. Not every mm. episode. It, it turns out the visuals, although they are sometimes mm. creepy, aren't as scary as some of the audio on that show. Okay. It can get quite... Lemon Grab mm. is terrifying. We haven't watched one yet with Scarlet where she's freaked out. She's she's quite tough. The only thing that scares Scarlet is uh, the big bad wolf. Oh. Everything else, she's bulletproof. Uh, Noah Noah seems fine with it, mm. and he doesn't he doesn't really pay an awful lot of attention. Does he not? No, he uh, he likes the music at the beginning. He doesn't really pay a lot of attention to the rest mm. of it. But um, there was a, there was one episode where Lemon Grab has a complete nervous breakdown. Okay. And it's very intense. Mm. And I did kind of want to cover Noah's ears because it's scary. Lemon mm. grab is. For, when, when that show dabbles in representing mental illness, even yeah. though it's never framed that yeah. way, it's pretty horrific. Yeah. I, I was the question, the thing, the thing I posited on Twitter and Facebook this week is. I love you went with posited. Posited. Well, it Which wasn't really a question. P. Another P. Uh, but it wasn't really a question, so... We could have just said axed. Asked. Axed. Um, does that cover posited? Yeah. The... I, I can't... Adventure Time is very popular with young people, especially relatively hip, geeky people. It quite is well-loved with youngsters. Quite like it. Um... The Ice King, in the mm, episode you've mm. seen so far, mm-hmm. is basically as close to a sex offender as it's possible to get oh, in yeah, the context of that, of that show. He, mm. I assumed he was a Catholic priest. To begin with, he's kidnapping princesses, but that's mm. kind of laughed off as a thing that happens yeah. in that world. Yeah. But there are episodes like where... the 70s. Yeah, but there are episodes where... Whoa, don't know what happened there. There are episodes where he he's just turning up in people's bedrooms yeah. and and kind of hanging around and not really leaving and being very there, saying, "Get out of here! What are you doing in my bedroom?" And he's saying, "Well, if you're going to be like that, being like emotionally abusive, yeah. if you're going to yeah. be like that, maybe maybe you need to call off and just leaving, sort of thing." Mm. In later episodes, he is incredibly sympathetic. Once you start to find out a little bit more about him mm. and you spend a bit of time with him. Um, one uh, podcasting friend, uh, Stacy, was saying when I mentioned this uh, that Stacy Taylor, not Stacy Whittle, was saying that thank she you for fi- clarifying that she finds him incredibly sad because all she'd picked up on was there's a heavy dementia subtext with mm. him. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I find fascinating about him and also stresses me out a little bit because I'm quite concerned that this is going to become something that causes arguments later on and I don't want to argue with people about Adventure Time is the show is if you take it as read that that character is the Mm. nearest thing to a sex offender in that world the representation of him later on is very much as a person so demented by loneliness Mm. 
and mental illness that these ways of behaving just seem perfectly normal to him. And that's a very nuanced, it's actually a, a way of dealing with mm. the world that really appeals to me and I'm really sympathetic to. It's a very nuanced reading of mm. why uh, normal people might do bad things. Yeah, yeah. I've said lots of times I don't believe in good and bad people. No. Uh, and I know that's not that controversial a thing to say, but certainly when you're talking about sex offenders and stuff, people get a little bit uh, less comfortable with it. Um, but it's in a cartoon that people love and it presents a very nuanced view of why some people are driven to do very bad things. It mm -hmm. never excuses the bad things he does, but it does show him as a character that you are supposed to feel some empathy for. Um, there are episodes of that show later on that you haven't seen yet, James, that flat out almost make me cry. Oh, God. If it wasn't for my son being right next to me, I probably oh. would cry because they're so Will, will you not cry in front of him? I won't cry in front of him. I won't, I won't have him believe that's how man behaves. No, you mustn't. You mustn't let him feel that's how men behaves. How men behaves. Yeah. No. no. Man's a strong. You should watch lots of Adventure Time. It's really good. Who are you talking to now? You. Oh, okay. I'll watch other things. Like Bojack Horseman. That's very good. I've seen that. Is oh, that on the Netflix? Yeah, I think that's on the good. Netflix. Yeah, I really like it. What is it about? It's uh, about a horse who was the star of a sitcom in the 90s. Um, and he's just trying to deal with his life in the sort of... And his waning celebrity. It sounds fun and a bit dumb. Oh, it's very dark. I like dark cartoons mm. racist i love uh, uh aquatine hunger force yes i tried explaining that to someone recently and explained to them that they're kind of named for a superhero team but they're not really a superhero yeah. team and there's no they're not teens and none of it's underwater <laughs> and they're not really a force for anything yeah. the only thing that's accurate is hunger because one of them's uh uh Fries. Yes. It's called Frylock. Yeah. One of them's called Meatwad, and he's yeah. basically a burger. Oh, don't. I'm quite peckish. I love Meatwad. Uh, that sounds like a, mm. a, just yeah, a general statement about sexy times, but no, I love Meatwad, the character. And one of them's uh, just, uh, he's milkshake. He's a milkshake, and he's an arsehole. Yes. I feel like I've talked about this before from the look you're giving me. No, no, I just, I know. And then you've made me feel hungry. And now all of a sudden I've become aware of the fact that I'm hungry and I want to go home and eat my tea. We can do that soon. Yeah, we should probably in a minute. I have a question about children, though. I can't see the clock. It's doing my head in. Has anything, we, we've got a little wanna, bit, a little I, bit I longer. Don't wanna, I don't want to over-entertain people. <laughs> you don't you don't want to overstimulate yeah, i don't people. want to oversaturate not so people. close to bedtime no exactly they'll just be up all night bedtime that's a i was that was a thing i was going to talk about uh do you want to talk about that we've only got, we've got a couple of minutes um because scarlet started school um and we had been getting increasingly lackadaisical with bedtime oh yeah um, but we've started a new routine and, and to be fair a little while ago because we were we were sharing things like mr tumble so forth the ipad had become part of bedtime Oh, yeah. And I was noting that, that Scarlett, on occasion, and to be fair, this has been led by Nicola, um, especially because she listens to this, I need to make that very, very clear. But Nikki has really taken the lead on this, and she's made it really successful. Um, Good for her. Yeah, well, no, don't be, don't be, because, you know, she may take terrible retribution against you. Um, <laughs> 
We I think she can tell I'm joking. Well, I don't know. It's, it's very hard with you, Nick. Um, always. Always, yeah. <laughs> we like one of those radio uh, things. We should just get uh, one of those horrible uh, drive-time radio things. We should yeah. get a klaxon and just Definitely. make horrible jokes about boobies. We, we, we kind of did that once on the other show, and I'm not sure how well it went down, to be honest with you. I'm not very good at it. I still got, I've still got that soundboard on my iPad, actually. <laughs> but, um, so Scarlett was looking at the iPad and stuff, and funnily enough, would you believe it, uh, she was being a little bit hyper-stimulated before bed. And she, she was ha- increasingly having trouble settling. So she started school, and um, we know that we've got to be a lot more responsible. We have to take care of her, her sleep. It's, it is genuinely important. Um, I know different parents have different, different attitudes towards set sleep times and the like, and, and Danny Baker I'm very fond of. Mm-hmm. Um, in his first autobiographical book, um, Autobiography, I believe it's called, how many is he planning? Because Jordan had loads. Well, he, he, the second is just coming out. I think he's. I think he's doing it in two. But he's actually had a really interesting and full life. Um, but he, he said his kids never had any set bedtimes. They went to bed when they were tired, and they were fine. I'm. I'm not sure. My my child will need all the advantages. I think she can get um, in life, and I think one of the advantages you can give them at school is them being clear headed. And awake. So the the new bedtime routine is quarter to seven in the bath, and we have this really nice um, uh, Johnsons and Johnsons do this sort of lavender um, bubble bath, very relaxing. Finish the bath, and then it's um, mummy and daddy's bed um, for a couple of stories, and then it's bed, and she goes to sleep really quickly now, and she's in bed no later than eight o'clock. She goes to bed really, really um, quickly. But I'd be interested to know, and that's working for us, and it's great. But kids are different. I'd be very interested to know people listening what their bedtime routines are, what works for some people, what works for us, for others. For us, it, it's just from my point of view, is getting over being a lazy bastard because um, it's much easier to sort of lie there and watch the iPad with her and then take her to bed than it is. So, and that isn't really fair. And I like to think I'm a good parent, but that's really shit parenting, in my opinion. But it'd be really interesting to hear from other people about what's worked for them and what hasn't. Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, we need to get better at actually doing something with the feedback we get from people when we get it, though. We've got a lovely email from uh, one of our listeners Mm. that we need to get to at some point. Well, I I had, had one that was quite personally directed at me and to be honest with you it was very pleasant but I'm having trouble responding to it because I still don't take people saying nice things to me very well at all it wasn't about you James no I'm well I mean it it, it was about you well it was about that individual but yeah yeah but I had an involvement in it but that isn't that isn't that isn't the email I'm talking about I I know I'm self-absorbed oh don't I I get I'm really one of the things I'm most self-conscious about is being self-absorbed he says I'm on four podcasts and I'm worried about being self-absorbed um also we've got a little bit of audio that I think we're going to play out with uh, well Mm. we'll put it after the final theme so that it doesn't mess with anyone's listening experience I should probably stop yawning down the mic. Stop yawning down the fucking mic, James. Mm. Uh, yeah, so that so that it doesn't interfere with anybody else's mm. listening experience. The uh, I'll stick it after the credit. That's an awful way of putting it. It's not credits. It's not credits. It's the end. Just the, the end, end theme. Theme. Yeah. And uh, and it makes it sound like I'm just ding, hiding ding, it ding, away there. Blum, 
Blum. But they are northern, Blum. and I don't want to confuse matters. Blum. Blum. But Blum. what are you doing? Blum. What is I'm that? doing a bad bit, so I think you, and I'm doing a... Do-dum, do-dum, blop. Do you think Blum. that's... Okay, Blum. good. That's nice. I bet it's a bed for you to talk over. I have a question for parents, um, especially of boys, although mm. I don't know if this is a problem for you. And I have asked Reddit, so this is something earlier today, so this is something okay. we can talk about uh, maybe next week. Uh, I think it's normal for little boys to be quite rough. Yes. But as they get bigger, mm. they get stronger. Yeah. And certainly with Noah, he doesn't do this to other children or to other people, but with Amy and I, he slaps us yeah, oh yeah, quite yeah. a lot and and uh, scratches and pokes and stuff like that. I th- I, I, Scarlett did the same at the same age. And as I understand it, there's not really a lot. I mean, they don't really understand about consequences and stuff no. at, at this age. Mm-hmm. He's still very young. Mm-hmm. But I was just wondering if anybody else had any just sort of uh, behaviour Changes that they made in their behaviour that seemed to soothe this a little bit. Mm. Neither of us are hurt. We're not worried about this. I felt like I had to make this caveat on on Reddit a lot. We understand that this is kind of normal, mm. but it is something. It is something that uh, that we get hurt quite a lot. <laughs> I've got lots of scratches on my face and stuff. Um, and so, if other people have found ways that mm. eased that behaviour, that'd be excellent. As I'm finding it hard to be too sympathetic because my daughter uses my balls as a trampoline. So Noah is really good at throwing stuff, mm. and normally he's got these soft, like this little football and this little squashy yeah. ball that he uh, that he throws, and it's fine. But he's got this little hard plastic ball that came mm. with something. And yesterday I was sitting with him in my boxer shorts in the morning while Amy had mm. a lie in, and he threw it and just completely got me in the, yeah, in the ouchies. Problem. Yeah. It was right in the ouches. Never he's good. He's yeah. really good. Yeah. And it's, part- too, it's too late, though, isn't it? Because obviously you've already done another one up, Amy. So yeah. he's trying to stop. By the way, I, I've got a question for you. Are you purposely trying to get in sync with um, um, William and Kate, the royal couple? No, they're trying to do it to us. Oh, right, I, I've noticed that. Mm. It's not right. It's they weird. need to back the fuck off. That those is two. weird, though, don't you think? Yeah. And I mean. You know, I'm sure the local paper will start using yeah. us to bury important local news stories. Yeah, most certainly. You should contact the Echo um, uh, and say, well, we were pregnant at the same time as them last time. I'm sure they're, they're, we're the only couple in the country that are basically going for Catholic twins. If you've got any... Uh, God, I'm really going for Catholics yeah, today. I don't, I don't even know what that I've, means. I've let, go, I've let go of the Northerners. <laughs> no, it, 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 it isn't Catholic twins where there's... there's um, uh, a very close gap. A very, uh, usually less than a year, I believe. I've never heard that before, but it makes sense. Yeah, I there's just, more I'm, than a year with us. I'm really though. slowly exposing myself as a bigot, aren't I? I'm really You're sorry. just expanding. You figured, well, the Northerners, I've dealt with them. They're a small mm-hmm. group. I'm going to take yeah. on a major religion. Yeah, <laughs> but the um, see if I can tear it down from the outside. But yeah, I I, I could get in touch with the Echo and say if there are any local yeah. counselling, like if there are any local votes going on that mm. are a bit controversial, or if there's some zoning yeah. stuff going on that you want to bury mm. for the good of the. Uh, for the good of the local government, mm. uh, please feel free to use us being pregnant. Yeah. Do you know, it, it, I, when I'm rude about the North, it, it's because I hate the South so much. And self-loathing, it's, uh, it's self-loathing. Yeah, I, ca- yeah. I kind of love where I live. I also I hate the politics of where I live. We have a local newspaper. 
it's got a right wing bias. What's that all about in a yeah. local newspaper with a right wing bias? It's all ra- you notice. It's all wrapped in the union flag at the moment because of the referendum. Fuck me, we couldn't be further for, from Scotland and still be in this country, really. I. It's not our fucking none of our business. I've been trying not to look. Really? At, the, at our local papers, oh, yeah. Oh, it's a dreadful. It bothers me at the best of times. I follow our local football team, so it's kind of he's the best source for news of our local football team. I don't think so. I think there's a podcast I've heard about that's going to be coming out monthly. Well, we're trying not much... to just be about our local football team. To be yeah, you can't me. help it. You love them too much. That's true. Um, so, yeah. So, two questions for the listener. That might be too much. One, how mm. do, you, do, do you bother stopping a child that's punching your lots? Do you? Are we talking like, you know, 18-month-old? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's not that old. Yeah, 14-month-old. Well. And also, uh, the other question is how school routines. Yeah, um, uh, bedtime routines. Bed- bedtime, bedtime routines, routines for, for... For school-aged children. Yeah. And uh, if you... interesting to see how that changes as they get older as well, the routine that you put them in. And does getting them in a good routine early set them on a good path as they get older we are gonna have a a problem with this ourselves amy and i because we're gonna have two children with very different needs hopefully not that different to be honest they're very close together it's not gonna be all right you know you've done it the right way in my opinion i uh i wanted to start earlier because i'm getting old we're screwed now if we have another one the gap's so big i mean scarlet will virtually be a a a carer (laughs) That's true. She For you sure. two, do you mean? Yeah, while well, we're looking after a baby. Because um, you're about, like, uh, 35 each, aren't you? Get stuffed. Oh, I was being nice. No, I'm not. I'm just very conscious that 40 is really creeping up fast now. It's less than... It's about half a year to go now. I um, say it's less, but that's bullshit. And remember, listen after the credits for a little treat from yes. some of our podcast twins. Thank you. Across the country, mm. up north... Just yeah. to show that we don't hate them. No, I like them very much, more than I should do. Really? I, I like them so much that I keep making uh, rude comments about them. It's a bit like, um, basically with Kihar, it's essentially I'm pulling his hair. We've forgotten, the how playground. To, we've forgotten how to end the podcast. I don't know. <laughs> shall, I just get, shall I just get up and leave? <laughs> um, Santa be walking out the door going, I'm fucking hungry! Thank you for listening, listener. You can... Uh, you can Listen to all of the past episodes at twogrownmen.net. Yeah, I've let the other two domains lapse. Didn't see many points. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, And you can send us emails at 2GM Podcast. You do that little squint at me every week. Because I'm never sure. 2GM Podcast at gmail.com. Have I let you down with that so many times you won't trust me? No, I I get confused. I'm worried. Uh, You can also talk to us on Twitter at... Oh, I'm uh, James M O M B. Um, uh, just because I'm, I want to. Uh, it's an honorific now for yeah. our uh, first podcast. And I'm Nick Site. Uh, there is a two GM pod address, but we haven't really started using that for anything yet. Nick won't give me the password, so I think I've forgotten it. Yeah. Um, and there's a mailing list. You can find details of that. It's tiny Person, letter personing list. We agree. Sorry, yeah, personing list. Tinyletter.com forward slash two GM. I think. Yeah. But you'll find links to that yeah. and full show notes at twogrownmen.net. Thank you very much, James. Don't forget to give generously. Thank you very much, Nick. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, I'll be bashed
is it? On the step we've got for the French windows, because what else got? She really likes Baby Jake. Right. Especially when she's tired, she will just will be tackling to the floor because you know, in Baby Jake, they end up like cuddling at the end. Oh, that horrible CBeebies program with the freaky. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I hate that. Like, I hate that show. But I don't mind it except for Nibbles the rabbit. But that rabbit is fucking evil. That's exactly. But it's like. Well, no, if he's crying, he's not enjoying... The basic rule is, if it makes Rowan cry, don't do it. <laughs> this yeah. is what naughty step explanations have come down to. <laughs> the thing is, at the end of the day, all she's doing is teaching him, like, that's how that's how you interact, the two of them. So when he's yeah. older and a bit more robust... Oh, it already happens, because he grabs her hair. And he's took out chunks of her hair before now. Yeah, I mean, this is how it's worked with Ewan and Robert to a certain extent. You know, even with that yeah. gap, it's like, you know... If you encourage him to jump on you when he's little... And he doesn't hurt, right? When he gets to four and a half and he's got a bit of mass and a bit of weight behind him... He will jump on He will keep jumping on you like you're indestructible and it will hurt. Mm. It's weird listening to that two grown men thing when we were talking about, you know, consent, about hugs mm. and stuff. I'm just really going through that, Robert, now at the moment. Mm. You know, you're, I want a hug, I want a hug. Now, if Ewan doesn't want to give you a hug, mm. can't have one. Well, I'm going through that with Willow because, you know, it'll be done something naughty. I want a hug, I want a hug, I want a hug. It's not how it works. And it's like, no, you're not having a hug. And it's like having to hold her back at arm's length. You're not at all bedtime. You're not having a hug because this is sleeping time. Or, you know, I will have my hand on you in the bed, but you're staying in the bed. Yeah, or, I mean, with Robert, it's until you say, you know, to say sorry, and he just goes, sorry, in, like, the least sorry way in the world. But it's kind of like, well, yes, but but you've said it, that's the... The thing, you know. But sometimes naughty step is the worst thing in the world. Other times it's like, you know, she snatched something off her and something off her, and it's naughty step, and she'll just take herself <laughs> and either like... sit there with an exaggerated sulk or like sit there smiling at you as if to say, well, this is having no effect on me. Q and you used, used to do that, it was really funny. I've been naughty, I'm off to the naughty step now. Yeah. Alright, all right, then. Robert just puts his toys on the naughty step. Yeah, Toy has been naughty. Toy goes on the naughty step. Daddy's Daddy's not getting cross. I am getting cross. Daddy's getting happier. That was very hard to keep a straight face. It's always been. Um, it's still Hewin's tactic has always been to kind of preemptively punish himself. Mm. It still is. It's just got a bit more advanced, but it's always been a flagellate himself in front yeah. of him and say, "Look, I'm guilty." Yes, you. Are you going to stop? You can stop. Ban me from doing this now. Like I don't want to ban you from doing that. You don't get to set your punishments. That's not <laughs> how this works. <laughs> right. Digress again. Right. You can just cut that out and send it to two grown men. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I may not be joking. Hey, when they're you know older, the thing is when they've got older kids, I feel more relevant. <laughs> it'll it'll be really interesting. It'd be really interesting when the, one of them's got two because at the moment. I'm listening to stuff and I'm saying, that's great when once you focus, and I'm not taking away from your parents and challenges, but with, with ARBs two being so close together as well. Oh yeah, it's a very different thing. You know, it's like, because like today they were both knackered, and, you know, they love their swimming and stuff, and they're both crapping, and Willow's not potty joking, they're both crapping like anything as well. Because they've both recovered from the illness and now have an appetite like a horse. Yeah, we're still training Robert to wipe his backside, but apart from that, we're there with all that Apparently kind of stuff. Apparently a stick of charts the way to go. Yes. <laughs> I thought he's doing all right. 
Although I did want to say to James, James, you're so socialist that you deliberately invent this convoluted system to get away from the fact you're giving her money. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you are essentially just incentivising her with cash. Yeah, but you're creating this really complicated system so that it doesn't look like that. As opposed to saying, right, you've wiped your bum, there's 10p going in the money box. (laughs) But I can see how that feels weird. Yeah. It would feel me to me, and I'm nowhere near as socialist as James is. I don't know, James ebbs and flows. He goes all libertarian occasion. No, he's the wrong kind of socialist. Right. Right, right, we will start. Right, okay. Intro. Go. Five, four, three, two, one.